0: this week on waxing the porpoise g baby and the usual suspect steve engage in spiritual battle to discuss the much maligned exorcist 3 from 1990 written and directed by william peter blatty join us as we take the 1218 to elsewhere and quite literally go on demon time to wax philosophic about bathtub carp brad duroff putting on an acting clinic and stop to wonder do all roads indeed lead back to bill paxton lord beer strength Let's wax this agnostic porpoise.
1: Chase, don't do that.
0: You see, we're we working on his brow shopper we're just in back of the crown shop. All right, Welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. Uh, we're back again, uh, continuing the Ode to Halloween. Uh, this time we're going quite a bit darker uh, into the possession, some devil shit. Uh, we got The Exorcist 3, uh, made in 1990. Uh, and this is episode 27 now, I believe. So tonight, uh, you got myself, Jim G-Baby. And, of course, uh, the usual suspect, Steve.
1: Three-fourths of this is in Akard.
0: How are you doing, friend?
1: Doing good, man. I, I think I told you uh, my brother had his kid a few days ago, so I'm officially an uncle.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Congratulations.
1: Yes, mazel tov. Well, I'm... Yeah, uh, I actually got a card. I got from... a feeling. I actually got <laughs> a... Uh, Condolences or congratulation card from Jim. And I thought it was really strange because in the end he wrote, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you, even though this means there's one more Jew in the world, which I thought was a little inappropriate. But uh, I appreciated the sentiment, I guess. Just kidding. He didn't do that. I'm Jewish. I can say that. I reckon you better suck these
0: balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is this madcap going <laughs> with this shit? <laughs> Yeah, and um, I, I
1: hate I hate children, babies of all kinds, But he is a cute little bastard. <laughs>
0: uh, how 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 big a boy are you? How big is he? Uh, eight eight pounds something. Oh, nice. That's yeah, it sounds like she did creature.
1: it. Yeah, it sounds like she did it all natural, which is unfathomable to me. So You're
0: hell sure. yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yep not to one up or anything, but my wife, uh, also she's had both our kids Our our two kids, uh, were all natural. And I only say that to, uh, emphasize it is fucking, uh, stupid. Well, like, your boy was like 23
1: pounds at birth, right?
0: No, he was <laughs> like nine pounds, seven ounces, but he looked like 13 or 14 pounds coming yeah. out. Um, yeah, he's just a dense, like, built like a fucking Ottoman. There's um, that
1: uh, that episode of Friends where she's making Joey the turkey that he has to eat on his own, and it's like 24 pounds. He's like, that's like me when I was born.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that the uh, You Are My Everest yeah. When he gets towards the end. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and before dinner, he comes in eating a bag of chips. And she's like, what are you doing? You're going to spoil your appetite. He's like, let me explain to you how the human body works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> doesn't he talk about how to, that he, that's him making room?
1: Uh, I don't and remember.
0: I, at some point, too, I think. Doesn't he put on he's pregnancy like, pants, too? He's like,
1: your stomach's like a muscle. you got to stretch it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh cool well congratulations Um, yes thank you newly minted uncle and congrats to the fam that's awesome yes all right anything else uh in the world of steve or anything out in the world you want to talk about before you hop into this i got one thing but
1: uh yeah just real quick if anybody wants some like real life entertainment um the trial of Daryl Brooks just started, or Darrell, as he prefers to be called, and he, like, scolded the judge for calling him by the wrong name. Uh, you may <laughs> remember in November of last year, this is the guy who's accused of driving through that Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So this, this guy is fucking bonkers, and his trial is starting right now, and he has decided to represent himself which tells you how fucking stupid he is. And they're they're letting him do it for now, which I don't know how much longer it's going to last. So he's he's representing himself and he doesn't know anything about the law. So that's been pretty funny so far. But also my favorite thing is he's one of these sovereign citizen people, which if <laughs> if, if people are not familiar, you may have seen YouTube videos of people getting pulled over and they think they have found like a cheat code that means the law doesn't apply to them. You might have... Their greatest hits include things like "I'm not driving, I'm traveling, therefore you cannot stop me legally," and it it just fails every single time. But it's hilarious. Like there have already been a couple times where you know he's interrupting the judge and just making a commotion, and she's like, "I'm going to remove you," and he's like, "I don't consent to be removed," and then they just remove him anyway. (laughs) And uh, he 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 knows so little about the law. That the judge is like, here's a book that's like the rules of evidence to help you because you are fucking helpless. And he's like, I do not acknowledge you. I don't, I don't acknowledge receiving that. And she's like, well, it's on the table a foot from you. He's like, I don't acknowledge receiving that. And she's like, okay, well, we have cameras in here and uh, you've been given it. So if you don't want to take it, you don't have to, but <laughs> we've provided it for you. And then yesterday he like took a shirt off in the middle of court and... It's been oh, fucking man. wild. So, um, yeah, it's really sad. Six people died. But if somebody, if you want to be entertained, this guy is going to be very, Roast very, 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 very funny. And yeah, you can tell the judge is being very careful because it's like, he's for sure going to get convicted. He's for sure going to appeal. And so she's just trying to avoid any little like technicality
0: landmine for his appeal. Right.
1: But yeah, it's wild.
0: Is that the same thing where these people they try they they like expatriate and then repatriate and the, and they have this weird citizenship? Is that kind of related to that? Without going off on a huge tangent right um, out of the gate, have you heard? It, are you familiar with what I'm scratching at?
1: Yeah, I, I I think it's probably something similar where they think they have found a loophole in the law that right. they're trying to exploit, but. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll see how well it works out for him
0: yeah it's
1: like i don't consent to be yeah, removed well. and then they just take him
0: <laughs> oh, fuck man he's gonna have to start consenting to sucking balls here in a little bit so so they,
1: they put him in the other room and there's a camera feed and the judge can mute him if he just continues to talk over everybody But he gets these little laminated, like a a piece of paper that says objection, that's laminated. So if he has an objection, he can raise it. And so as soon as she puts him in there and puts mute on him, he's just holding it above his head the entire time. And every every (laughs) once in a while, the judge will just be like, well, I see he's objecting. I don't know to what, because he's just been holding the sign above his head for the last 10 minutes. But everything they ask him, like, oh, would you be okay with, you know, this or do you want to do this? And it's like, no, no, I, I don't I don't consent to that. I don't acknowledge that. Um, and he's just so fucking stupid. So it's been fun. All right. You said you had something new uh, going on. Oh yeah, check out this fucking raven. What? So it looked. It appears to be an animatronic raven. Yeah. <laughs> Is that? To scare away neighborhood children, or is that just a Halloween decoration? Or
0: yeah, it's a Halloween decoration. Oh, okay. Is it? Yeah, I was just really psyched. Motion activated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I put it out front, and it's got a sensor on it. So when you walk by, it it triggers. I saw there's a neighbor that had it last year, and I was like, oh shit, I need to get me <laughs> one of those for this year. So yeah, we're shitting in tall cotton uh, this year <laughs> with the animatronic raven we didn't go as far as the the people that go nuts with the fucking 12 foot skeletons in their front lawn and shit because yep. mainly because uh that shit's a waste of money in my opinion it's like three four hundred bucks or something like that
1: i drove by a house today that had a couple of them and this house had had one previously stolen so they have now they're now up to at least three that they've purchased and they headed up in the middle of summer not even Halloween, so. Who knows?
0: Okay, yeah. So that's my my Halloween funny uh, for for the episode. All right, let's get into this bitch. Um, so we're we're talking about The Exorcist three. Uh, I I we both just watched this uh, rewatched this today, uh, right around the same time. And I've seen this movie at least a dozen times. I'd probably say in my lifetime. And I actually saw this before the original exorcist. So I think what, that's why I have a lot more mileage uh, with exorcist three, which is a hot take. And some would say sacrilege, um, uh, which is very on brand here, but uh, I don't know the, the first exorcist for me, it's like, I can see it. Like it's the quality, like the story, it was groundbreaking. It fucking scared the piss out of people at the time. Like when it came out in 68 or 71, whenever it came out, Um, I can totally see that, but with me, I, I didn't watch the exorcist until I was like 33, probably. So with my 33 year old jaded eyes, I was like, that's a good flick. I was like, but, uh, I don't see what all the the hypes about. Like, it's the scariest fucking movie of all time. It just wasn't for me. Whereas when I saw the exorcist three, in like 95 when I was in like fifth grade, it fucking scared the pants off me. Like it fucking freaked me the hell out. And I really liked it. I was drawn to it. So um, that's my quick bit of background with this flick. And this is why I like it so much. Uh, Or I guess that's why I like it more than the original, but it just in general, I think this is a great movie. I feel like it, uh, it blends the kind of like a procedural vibe, which it feels like it shouldn't work as well as it does. Um, But uh, the, a couple of the performances in this film I think are just really unique, and I like the interplay between a couple different characters that we'll talk about too. Uh, and I'm a big George C. Scott fan in general too, so that's that chalks it up to to being a winner for me. But I'm, I'm really curious to see what did you think of this one.
1: Yeah, so I'll just give you my quick background when it comes to the Exorcist oh, yeah. fran- franchise as well because I had a very similar experience to you, and I think a lot of it comes down to – Uh, Expectation. So, growing up in a, you know, religious household and going to like Christian school as a kid, The Exorcist was talked about in such a way that, like, the movie was so evil that, you know, watching it or just being around it could literally harm you, you know, physically or mentally or whatever. And I feel like I remember hearing about every screening they had to have a paramedic on site or nurses because people were like having emotional breakdowns and crises or whatever. So mm-hmm. then uh we watched it as, you know, punk teenagers at like 15 or 16. And it was like, this isn't scary at all. Like mm-hmm. we, we had just already immersed ourselves in so much more disturbing shit that that was like, so vanilla but then Mm -hmm. going into this one i had so such little expectations that it it so far exceeded my expectations as far as like the quality of the movie but also like the i guess you could call it scariness or just like the the disturbing nature of it i think
0: disturbing is a good word for it versus scary disturbing yeah for sure
1: so Not only did I have pretty low expectations going into this, the first, the first I'd say like 20 or 30 minutes, I just felt like really, I wouldn't even say uncomfortable, but I didn't like, I didn't really care for like the dialogue and the pacing of it just felt really weird and just (laughs) shitty. And I hated George C. Scott in this movie from beginning to end. I hate, his character's awful. (sighs) His acting is absolute dog shit and just like oh the just God. the way he talks was so grating to me. I don't know what it is. It's just, maybe it's just my own like weird little Asperger <laughs> antenna was picking up a thing. But as the movie went on and his character became less and less of the focal point of the movie, the more really? I liked it. Cuz then there was a point where, you know, 3 quarters of the way through I was like, "Wow, I'm my really of
0: This is inaccurate."
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was really, really liking it, and I was trying to figure out why, and then his character kind of comes back and and becomes a little bit more part of the story at at the point where I was thinking that, and I started to dislike that part. And So I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like, uh, My favorite part of the entire movie, not scene part, but the guy who played the Gemini killer did such such a fucking good job. I I couldn't believe how how great that 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 character was and that's my cat Fuck yeah and just that actor like and i even started watching it even extra closely like what is it about this guy that i'm just really digging and i was kind of looking at it with a critical eye like all right well i don't know that's just kind of how i am like what how can i pick this apart and like every scene he had i was like i'm fucking in i'm so on board with this guy Yep. and so yeah that was my favorite part of the movie the, the first part with him and the, and the father I'm like I don't care like this is just really boring and then they go to see the movie and he's like talking about the carp and his mother-in-law and it's like I don't give Dude. a fuck <laughs> oh
0: no you don't like the carp story <laughs> no
1: I'm like oh, I don't, oh. I don't care I haven't taken a bath in three days like okay m- let's go <laughs>
0: you i love the dude the carp story is my favorite part not it's not my favorite it's one of my favorite parts of this film but god i was i was hoping you were gonna like the carp yeah i was also hoping you would like george c scott i'm, oh I'm actually pretty shocked that you didn't care for him at all
1: no i didn't i don't, and i i can't really oh. even put my finger on it it's just i don't know if you, you, you would even call it like overacting or just the character i didn't like or or what? But it was it was tough, and I was really really happy when the focus sort of switched over to uh, the Gemini Killer and, and sort of going into that. Um, right. Can you can you guess who one of my you know I'll call him my favorite? Can you guess who my favorite
0: like bit role in this movie was? I'll give you a hint. He was. I'm gonna say no, no, no. I'm gonna say it was, um, I think his name's Scott Glenn, um, and he played Doctor Temple, the doctor chain smoking cigarettes, who fucking ODs with heroin in the arm at the end.
1: No, but I do love that. This is 1990. Scott
0: Wilson, that's his name.
1: 1990, and they're still doctors smoking in hospitals, and like clergymen smoking in church. It's just so Mm -hmm. strange. (laughs) And you know, 30 years ago is not that long ago, you know?
0: No. Um, dude, my my side sidebar real quick about like cigarette smoke that always trips me out too. And like, like people doing it everywhere up until recently, I remember my grandpa was telling me like, as of like the mid eighties, maybe, Let's say you used to go in, he's like, you could used to go into the grocery store with a cigarette straight in from the car and just be puffing and you just ash on the ground. And there'd be just the same way, like, you know, you know, the young cart corral people and kids that do the sweeping runs throughout grocery stores, there'd be someone that would come by and sweep up everyone's cigarette ash in the score, and like grab butts and go put them in a fucking, in a ash, big ashtray up, up by the front. I'm like, dude, that's just, it sounds like something so small and pedestrian, but it's, it seems so wild to just walk into a grocery store right by the veggies. And you're just ashing on the floor and fucking, I'm sure there's dozens of people in there. So it's like a casino when you just go to get milk and fucking bag of apples. Yeah, and it just but it permeates
1: anyway. it permeates everything that smell. And I, and I used to smoke, so I'm not like judging anybody for their vices yeah, or whatever. But but it's such like it's such an offensive. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like if oh somebody's a heavy drinker and it doesn't affect my life or whatever. It's like smoking directly affects every fucking person around you, and it's so obnoxious if you're not a smoker. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, my favorite bit part in this movie is, uh, his name's Grand L Bush is his real name. I his character is uh, Sergeant Atkins. He's the, uh, he's he's one of the other cops. He, I think he's the only black cop. And did you recognize oh, him yeah, from yeah, anything yeah, else? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I've,
0: he's been in a ton of shit. He's in uh, Die Hard Two. Okay, don't care guess what i'm thinking of uh, he plays one of the fbi agents he's played he's played like he's not a full character in a movie he's but he's not an extra he's he's exists in this weird gray area i believe he was in one of the lethal weapons but he's played like the same kind of role like middleman like side cop de agent fbi agent sharpshooter or boxer or, named Balrog in Street Fighter. Oh, shit! Yeah. Dude. Yeah, my intent... That's inter- crazy.
1: My, uh, That's not my, what I first my, thought
0: of because I've seen him in so many other cop related shit. Yeah.
1: My internal alarm was going off like I know this guy from something awesome. Is it The Rock? Is it you know... <laughs> my short list of great movies like was he in Twister? No and then yeah I was like oh shit Street Fighter
0: yeah I'm gonna need to look him up uh, and see what else he's been in because I know he's been in a ton of and for sure Die Hard 2 because I just watched that not too long ago um, damn what a name though too Grand L. Bush <laughs> uh, that's pretty dope okay he was in Die Hard 1 that's right that's the skyscraper I always get that one mixed up with the second one uh yeah so he's been in license to kill he played hawkins uh let's see like we're, we want to see early early 80s uh streets of fire brewster's millions colors that's right uh die hard license to kill lethal weapon Two. he played jerry collins that's right uh, this Exorcist three, Free Jack, Maniac Cop three, Demolition Man, Chasers, dude. You may as well Forrest be Gump. speaking Portuguese right now. He was one of the he was one of the Black Panther leaders in Forrest Gump. Yeah, so he's been in a ton of shit. Walker, Texas Ranger, Turbulence. Oh, Walker. Damn, that's dope. Um, he
1: needs some milk.
0: All right. Uh, damn, that was a lot to take in. I can't believe you didn't like anything. Not even that you didn't like George C. Scott, but like his performance in this. Uh, let me yeah. back up, though, to, to uh, uh the first 20 minutes you said you didn't like. I really liked that beginning a lot. Like with the, like the quick – you didn't like the quick uh, banter between him and his buddy, uh, Father Dyer? No. The guy with the it- little – the fro?
1: No, I, I didn't care for that. Um, I found I th- them I really like
0: endearing, like a married old couple that have been friends for like 30 years that are just bickering and they've, they're getting old and, but there, you can still tell that they care about one another, you know, like that's this dear friend, you know, like,
1: yeah. And I, I don't know if I could pin it into, was it the dialogue itself that was kind of just irritating me or him as an actor or what, but, uh, there was. Al- I was also struggling a little bit because I haven't seen the first Exorcist in twenty years, maybe, and I never saw the second one. So when they're kind of going through the sort of flashback to the previous stuff, it's like, okay, yeah, I kind of remember this guy like falling down the stairs, and then like I couldn't remember the guy's name. So that could have been part of it, like me just sort of struggling with the the story lead up that, or like that was recap where it's like, I don't remember any of this shit. Can we just get to the actual, right. and then, and then once they got to the actual story of this one, uh, I thought it was awesome. And, you know, with, with stuff like this, it's like, okay, it, even if you come up with a great story, it's tough to come up with a good ending for something that's like supernatural and unexplainable without it being corny or like overly simple. But I love the, the fucking ending of this one.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious too because uh, uh I don't know where what you watched this on, but there I know there's a couple different um versions. Oh really? Uh, I did of not this, know that. yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into it too much because I don't know enough to talk coherently about it but i i knew there there were a lot of cuts uh between the theatrical and director's cut and then there's one called like the uh legion cut i think and it was like bootlegged for a while and then it turned into one of these things where like the studios and shit finally got wise and then they repackaged it and sold it and so now there's like there's another kind of cut and i don't know what's being shown on all the streaming services and everything but anyway um uh if we'll get there but i think the if it's the ending that i'm thinking that you saw then yeah i, I agree it's super dope but um
1: i watched yeah it just
0: it, peacock peacock gotcha um yeah it's wild i i to me i just thought the banter between him and father dyer and how they like it it just felt kind of real maybe maybe a little bit put upon like like theatrical but um I just like their, their banter and their kind of relationship uh, with one another. I really bought it. I wish there would have been like my only complaint um, or just like a pie in the sky thing would be, I wish there could have been more father Dyer in this movie. Cause I liked his character. I feel like he gets snuffed out pretty quick. Like within the yeah, first it was pretty quick. 20, 30 minutes. Um, like some of the, and did you recognize this guy too? So in the beginning uh, when father Dyer's like, he's just had a service or something and he's like in his back room and you see the young punk kid who's in like plain clothes. He's like Mm -hmm. jeans. He's got glasses Uh on. Do you know who that is? Do you recognize him
1: at all? No. And I thought that, that, I thought that kid would have a little more significance.
0: No, it it just seemed like
1: such an, it seems like such an unnecessary scene, but Mm -hmm.
0: I thought it was kind of getting it. How like right away that, that, father dyer is pretty snippy and like he's like i'm going to philadelphia he's like yeah speed kills he's like he's like all right get the fuck out of here he's like whatever i'm not into the small talk and shit Mm -hmm. um but anyway that guy that's uh kevin corrigan which you probably wouldn't remember off offhand by name but he is in um you'll probably know him from pineapple express
1: it's been a while since i've seen that
0: He's one of the, the hitmen, dude. He's got like a black goatee. What's his name? Kevin Corrigan. He's been in a, a few different things. That's the, the thing I, th- I think most people remember him from. Uh, he was also in uh, Grounded for Life, I think. Oh, yeah. like the brother. and He's fucking funny, man. I, I like that would have, a lot.
1: I never would have recognized that this was the uh, the adult version of that kid.
0: Yeah. He's kind of like... He, he he, I think of him of like a Steve Buscemi, like on a, a different wavelength slightly. Like, just he's kind of the facial features, and he's got like that accent, and he's he's kind of got that that vibe. Anyway, yeah, I thought that was fun. I was like, oh shit, that's dude from Grinded for Life. Um <laughs> Uh, I like damn, I love the Carp story. That shit's fucking awesome. Uh. I don't know why. I just find it so endearing. So, uh, yeah, you you didn't like. And isn't carp like
1: disgusting fish that you're not supposed to eat? No, you can eat carp. Well, I don't know. I feel like that's the type of fish that.
0: I think some people could say this because it's a. He says like it's a bottom dweller. It's just like a catfish, you know. Like so, they're. Yeah. It's like it considered like a. It's a filthy animal. Like it's a, the pig of the sea, you know. <laughs> It's like, I don't eat fucking swine, man. Pig's a filthy fucking animal. <laughs> um, huh. All right. So, yeah, I guess to uh, the the Gemini killer. So, the dude, the main dude who plays uh, uh, James Veneman, or the a.k.a. Gemini killer, a.k.a. Uh, Father Karras, or is inhabiting his body, that's uh, Brad Dourif, who... He, you'll probably know him as the voice of Chucky.
1: Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah.
0: That's one of his big claims to fame. Um, he's been in a lot of horror stuff. He's been in, uh, alien resurrection. Um, fuck, I'm drawing a blank. He's been in a lot of stuff. And I think I want to say he's like a theater guy. Like he's, he's got like legit chops. He just kind of went down a path, uh, like, he's been in some B-movies and stuff. He definitely is a super underrated actor. And, uh, like, as evidenced in this, is probably, like, one of the... Like, people that are, like, big movie fans, I feel like know, even if they hate Exorcist 3, they know Brad Dourif's performance. And, like, his, his couple monologues in this are just fucking awesome mm-hmm. because he's got the energy. Like, he's really crying. He's, like, going full go, and he's letting it all out on hang out. um and they're like really difficult like things that he's talking about and like that he's able to articulate and it just yeah it's probably one of my top two favorite parts of this entire movie or things about this movie are, is that performance and his standoff at the very end too with uh uh C. scott kinderman
1: yeah uh as as has been very well established, I don't know anything about, you know, the art of acting or movie making or anything. But I mean, it's like anything. When something is so good, it's like, oh yeah, any any dipshit off the street could look at this and be like, that's that's really good. Same thing for right. George Scott. I feel like anybody could watch this and be like, wow, this guy sucks
0: ass. <laughs> You're <a> fucking dick! <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's right. He was a uh, Billy Bibbit in uh, One Flew Over the Cookies, Cuckoo's Nest, Cookies I've Nest. I've never um, seen it. Oh boy, have you ever seen The Shining? By the way, I have. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I saw uh, the original, and then there was like a '90s TV adaptation that we may have talked about with What's His Fuck from Wings with
0: our boy steven weber yeah
1: yeah i I read the book when i was younger i remember liking it and yeah
0: i approve oh yeah that's right uh he was in the um this guy is in uh the guy who played uh gemini killer uh he is in Uh, Tales from the Crypt episode called People in Brass Hearses. It's from season five, I think it is. uh, Where he plays opposite uh, Bill Paxton as his brother. And they are like thieves, like robbers. And uh, it's a fucking awesome episode. He's really good in it. I feel like we should should always
1: try to find a connection to Bill Paxton
0: with each episode. I'm down. I think it can be done. (laughs) And I think we've. We're at least fifty. We're, we're at least <laughs> yeah. halfway. I bet on every movie we've watched at bringing yeah. him up. Well, and the other um, half, we're just thinking
1: about him the whole time. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. And, Brad Dourif's awesome.
1: Yeah, and I don't. I don't know if other movies do this, but when the the first time the character like completely changes faces and you know you're like oh wow you know there's like, like multiple what the fuck? yeah because at first i was like that doesn't look like the same dude and then you know it becomes pretty clear like oh this is two separate people in the same i thought that was really fucking cool but then again i haven't seen a lot of movies so it might be it might be kind of a played out thing or not but
0: No, honestly, I can't, I can't think of, I'm sure it's out there, but I'd be hard pressed to like think of one real quickly that you, that has used this same kind of trope. Um, But uh, also going back to what you said about, you know, talking about like lack of context because it's been a while since he's seen the first one. I mean, I think they do a, a good enough job of cliff's notes it. And I don't even know how important it is to this story. It's like to get enjoyment out of the movie and not feel lost because I mean really the, the, the first guy that you see that father Karras, he, and they, they do that, that flashback where he falls down those, those steps that's the very ending of Exorcist 1. that's when he he gets Pazuzu the the demon out of the girl into him and then he fucking that's his shot like he has this really tight window of like just letting it into him. He jumps out, kills himself down the stairs because then the spirit's been released and then it can't reattach itself to someone like easily so he's in effect sacrificed himself taking the drawing the demon out of the girl and then then it's like released back into the ether and it's got to like regroup before it can start possessing and fucking with other people so yeah um, I didn't I
1: didn't remember any of that
0: <laughs> I oh, probably, okay <laughs> I probably should have done like a quick
1: little you know a quick little once over of like uh, you know what happened here and who and what but it's okay I don't but think it took the, anything the, away from it
0: yeah, I th- I think the the main story is like it it's like a police procedural one where following, you know, George C. Scott and then the 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 old case it seems like it's a copycat now because it's like 10 or 15 years later and this so-called Gemini killer who would I guess they drew inspiration from the Zodiac killer Shocker. uh for this. Yeah. <laughs> um and the guy who wrote the book uh Exorcist 3 Legion uh is this, is the same guy who directed it uh William Peter Blatty um I don't know how close it is to the book I know the guy's a, a stickler and he's like really hard to work with so I'm assuming he probably kept it pretty close to his cuz that's what he wrote but um yeah it becomes like that the the focus is on the Gemini killer and all this kind of weird shit surrounding it yeah um which I I liked that I liked how it wasn't like a straight up like possession supernatural, like it had elements of that, but then they were like talking about the previous case, the shit that they didn't share with the media. So they could weed out fucking crazies and calling or coming in and saying, Oh yeah, it was me, the Gemini like hiding details of like where the killer took appendages and shit and like made marks on the, on the victims. Um, I thought that that guy who played that doctor was kind of a squirrely character, like, there's something about him that was, that was kind of weird that I liked the way he played it. And uh, that old lady, too, that was like, are you the radio man? And yeah. she's like, and he's like, yeah. And, he's, and she's like, can you tell me what's wrong with my radio? And it's just, there's nothing there. She's pretending <laughs> it's in her hands. And he goes, and he looks down, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's, I can see it. And then she's like, that's how I know you're not the radio repairman. She's like, that's my telephone. Yeah. <laughs> that part fucking got me pretty good. But,
1: um, well, it seemed like for the first hour or so, or the first half or whatever, it's like you didn't even know if it was a supernatural movie or if it was like, oh shit, we executed the wrong guy. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a straight up like serial killer movie. And then right. they start peppering, peppering in some of these like weird, um, you know supernatural things and but it wasn't it wasn't too like heavy-handed or over the top or i i really liked right the the balance that they struck what do you think all the crazy all the crazy um like neurology patients or whatever they were fun and
0: yeah what about that crazy ass dreamy has and like the heaven way station yeah that was that was wild (laughs) i've
1: and I've, I've had some weird fucking dreams, but, um, yeah, that was, that was crazy. Um,
0: and did you notice Fabio had a cameo yeah, I did. as one yeah. of the angels? <laughs> I did. <laughs> fucking I was, Patrick Ewing. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's kind of a perfect encapsulation of mm-hmm. dreams. Like, wait, why the fuck is that guy here? When you're like oh, I'm, I'm at school, but it's also my grandma's house, but my dad's there. And, you know, <laughs> all of these weird things that overlap yeah. and don't
0: make any sense. Dude, I rewound it a couple times just to kind of look. At, there's a bunch of cool little picadillos to look at. And w- one of them where it's like, it looks like a train station part and it's got all the, or like an airport and it's got all the different destinations and times uh-huh. and it switches real fast. One of them, it's all, and then the guy announces it. It crawls through and is like, now taking the 1218 to elsewhere. And oh. like, there's all these, like, <laughs> one was like purgatory, and like, it moves really fast, though. But there's a bunch of, like, there's a bunch of little things in the background happening that are fucking weird, too. That I, I really like this whole scene. Yeah. Or, or when, like, the guy, the little boy who gets decapitated and all that, uh-huh. and the ingots driven in his eyes, and he's like, oh, hey, Mr. Kinderman. He's like, oh, hey, Kenny. He's like, I'm sorry that you died. Yeah. And then just keeps walking. I'm like, dude, everything the, about this is just weird. Like herky jerky. Like, where's it going?
1: Dude. And this, this movie had some of the, the best fucking methods of murder
0: ever. Dude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like those, those giant garden shears. That's,
0: yeah. that's wild.
1: And yeah, the way they bled out the, the priest. Father
0: Dyer. Uh, yeah, that, when he describes doing do the tube, me out. Like, yeah, that really and like me yeah, like out. how he's got all the the cups of the blood, and he's like he didn't spill a drop. There's not even a smudge, and like yeah, and writing the note, like they just went and saw the wonderful life, and yeah, like, all those little things are crazy. How
1: too. easy that would be to just, or I'm, the way it sounds, I don't know how practical it would be to just basically like siphon all of somebody's blood out of them just with a catheter, like. Just find a art, just find an artery, and it's like, okay, well, you're dead now, because all your, you know, your blood's just, you're, you're dead, you're dying, out. yeah. Yeah.
0: And how he talked about like when he cuts the head off, it comes clean off without a drop, and then yeah. like for twenty seconds they can, they can still see supposedly. And he's like, I like to turn their heads so yeah. they can watch their body. Like, oh fuck. Yeah. it's super creepy. I
1: don't know if it was factual or like, uh, rumor or whatever, but there was, there was somebody in, in old timey France when they were using the guillotine that was saying it wasn't a, like a humane way of killing people because your body's like still alive for so long. And because he was so publicly critical of the government, he knew what his end was going to be. He was going to get the fucking guillotine, guillotine, sorry. And so he's like, if they do give me the guillotine, Watch me because I'm gonna blink as many times as I can, and then you'll know for roughly how long I'm still conscious or whatever. And I think he blinked like the the legend is like he blinked like sixty something times or something, which is pretty fucking. Nuts. Oh god!
0: <laughs> I, I think be... you're gonna say like three or four times. Sixty? Like can I th- you just yeah, imagine a be... head going blah 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 blah?
1: I, yeah, I, I might be butchering the story or misremembering certain parts of it, but yeah, that that always stuck with me. Like, and it makes sense because it takes a while for, like, if you ever cut yourself and you don't realize you're cut because you know your yeah. signals don't always travel that fast and,
0: right, yeah, that's <laughs> fucking nuts. That's I wouldn't have, <laughs> I never would have thought that was the number you were gonna say. Ugh.
1: Yeah, you would think you um, would think that if you like several, several. Like the spinal column, it just lights out because you see guys like, I don't know, I don't know if you watch as many like shooting, like death, you know, crazy videos where if you see somebody get hit in the like it's the central nervous system, they're just down immediately. They might not die right away, but uh,
0: yeah, they all look pretty immediate. Yeah. Whereas some other people like get shot and bleed out and it takes a long ass time and then they die.
1: Yeah. Well, with modern- I just
0: saw one the other day. This this chick came out and shot her boyfriend in the back in like a hotel lobby because she, because he was supposedly cheating on her. And dude, it just he hits him right in the back, and he like flies back, and he falls on his butt, and then like he's like in shock and then he turns over and there's just like a ton of blood just leaking. Yeah. like, it's like, Oh my God. And he, he looked like a deer, like his legs stopped working and shit. Yep. Like he was trying to get up. It looked fucking, it was pretty horrifying. Did he survive? I think he did later on. Probably I think this is down. In Bur- yeah. I think he did. I, but- I can't
1: remember if we've talked about it on here before, but I'm sure you've seen it. The video of that like street fight in Australia where the guy gets, like, it looks like he punches the other guy in the neck, but he's got a knife. And the guy, like, just stands there and, like, grabs his neck. He's, like, stunned. He doesn't realize what's happened. and Uh But he hits one of these main arteries up here. And from the time he gets popped, like, right in the neck to him going down, it's, like, 10 seconds. Like, he pretty much bled to death standing up in standing up 10 seconds. And then he goes down and you just see like the, the amount of blood is nuts. And like, if you, if you hit those arteries, the fucking velocity that that blood comes out at is, Oh yeah. It's mind boggling. And yeah. So just one quick, I mean, think about when you're a dumb kid and you're like talking shit or you getting in a fight or whatever, it's like one bad decision and you're 10 seconds away from your entire bag of blood just being out on the ground. It's scary. I'm glad I'm not yeah. young anymore.
0: Yeah, it is fucking freaky to think about that kind of shit. Thanks. Um.
1: Oh, this is, this is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and um, then what were some other murders? He disemboweled that one chick and then filled her back up with rosary. Yeah, with the rosary?
0: Oh, dude. Was that the nurse? Yeah, I think that that was the one that has the creepy ass jump scare. What'd you think yeah. about that, by the way?
1: Yeah, it was it was I, I enjoyed it. I we've talked about it before, but I hate it when movies rely on that as their only means of frightening you. Um mm-hmm. uh, but this movie had so much frightening content on its own that I didn't mind it didn't feel like a crutch.
0: It was just like a little dash yeah. of dash of flavor to add in. Yeah, I mean, they do a lot with, uh, like, musical stings uh, in this movie that I, I like. I don't think they're they're played too overtly or, you know, they don't beat you over the head with them. But, um, yeah, I feel like that, that one was, like uh, like, cherry on the top or, you know, just icing. Like, it wasn't – it's not something they leaned on and it was totally unexpected and the way, like, how delayed it is. Uh-huh and it, watching it subsequent times, I always think it's a little bit sooner than it always actually ends up being it. Like it all drags out and it like lulls me. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's like maybe it's 30 seconds from, and then it's like, boom. And then I'm like, Oh fuck. Well, and it's
1: kind of like, there's two pretty close together. Like when she goes into the room to see the glass and then the guy, right, leads and the out, guy's like, Hey, oh, what shit. the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And then, it, and then you calm back down and then she goes yep. into the other room And you're, you're peaked up and then she leaves. So you calm back down and then it comes back out or, you know, like just when you think, oh, she's fine. Boom.
0: Yeah. This time I was able to pinpoint it too. I was like, that's how it's, it's once the, uh, portly cop at the end of the hall, once he gets up, I think it's the second time and gets up and turns his back and walks down the hall. It's Mm -hmm. right after that.
1: Oh and we we but he
0: gets up twice and there's yeah, all that shit happens that just pulls out. But yeah, I thought that one's executed like super well. And I like wasn't it you're not expecting that either, even though it's like okay, we're staring down a hallway because this we haven't seen the killer actually kill people yet. Like we don't know what form so that's the first form that it's in, but um what what o- what about to the uh the priest I think the it's confessional the second kill?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just the confession alone I was like this is fucking creeping me out and then yeah. then he goes ahead and kills the guy.
0: Yeah. And like the way the 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 priest is like like he's starting to get this look and he's like oh. yeah. like he's fucking bugging out. Yeah, I thought the first kill is pretty fucked up too, like when they're describing. And then mm-hmm. like that's the part of the interplay between uh George Scott and his pastor friend, they're going back and forth and like his is like a non-believer or just like kind of the same way I feel like how could a, an all-loving god, you know, uh inflict such horrors to like the young, the the dead, the dying, the the uh the infirm, you know, and and he points to that first example, that kid getting murdered. He's like, they drove ingots into his eyes, they they cut off a a statue's head, put it on his face and painted up blackface like <laughs> yeah. a minstrel show and like put crucified him on a pair of oars, and then this kid was like twelve. It's like fuck, man. Yeah. And uh and yeah, like, there's a part where that Father Dyer's, like, hearing all this shit, and he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't have a nice and easy mm-hmm. anecdote to make that go away. That's ugly, and that's that's scary part of life that there's freaks out there that do that kind of shit. Um, I guess they don't really go too deep on, like, religion and, like, well, what, what are you supposed to do in the face of that kind of stuff? You know, right. just have faith and trust that, you know, everything is going to work out. Like how Father Dyer's, you know, he's he's saying it all works out in the end, you know. Like he's got like the ultimate, like yeah, it's just gonna be okay, and I'm gonna believe in that. Um, Which is funny because the way the way it ends
1: um, was not by spiritual intervention; it was by shooting a guy in the face. <laughs> you know, the uh, right. the exorcism failed, or no? Right. I guess I guess that's not true because the guy. The Father Mourning or whatever his name was. We think he's dead, but then he then he comes back long enough to be, like, helpful to get yeah. him to, to lower his defenses. And, the, and then, yeah, when he's like,
0: all right, shoot me now. That part was yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Shoot me now, Bill. Shoot me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that part was dope. And he didn't hesitate.
1: Yeah. I, I thought that was probably one of the coolest ways you could end it. I mean, because what's the alternative? You know, he puts a cross in his face and the guy like melts or right you now. Yeah. Other, it was a good other way to corn like, ball you know, options where it's like, no. Nope, yeah. Um, you know, this guy helps himself get killed, sacrifices himself again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It sucks for him, but yeah, I, 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 I like that, uh, like some of the like practical and I don't know how practical some of it was. Most of it seemed pretty practical. Like the effects that they used in the final standoff for like um, like the snakes and the shit that room becomes oh. on fire. And the guys were trying to read, you know, that exorcism rights yeah. and shit. And there's a fucking like black Mamba crawling across the page and like just how they did that in the set. And it seemed like the shots were pretty seamless. And then he tries try something else and then, when the fucking shit disintegrates and then it pulls that father morning up the wall. I remember that watching that at a young age to freak me out when it like peel, like his skin gets oh, sucked yeah. to the ceiling and yeah. you see the brain and then his back and you see all the, like the muscle and he's all, yeah. That was and when, when George C. Scott comes in at the end and like the lightning strikes and all the hands and Uh and, like the little boy, Thomas Kentry, comes up on the cross, dude, that part was fucking, it looked really good for 1990. You know, I feel like a Mm -hmm. lot of the practical effects in this hold up pretty well, really well.
1: I was, I was very confused at one point, uh, when the doctor Smokey Joe, I guess just as a, as a quick side note, does it also, Bug you as much as it bugs me, when you see people on screen smoking, and you can tell they're not smokers just by the way they're like they hold this the cigarette like in a really weird, unnatural way. It's like how hard how hard would it be for somebody to be like, hey, no, just hold it like this. Don't don't hold it like you're holding a pencil, and you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's just one of my weird little things. But um, when that doctor is in his office. And he's like reading the script of how how the guy down in the Psych Ward like came to be there. I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Is he the one killing people? And he's trying to make up some weird, you know, excuse. But then when they explained it away later, I was like, okay, that's a really clever explanation that didn't didn't feel like too cheesy or or anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was just like fearful as shit that if he didn't do it right, the demon that he's uh what's the word? He's like his Renfield to this demon. He's like, if I don't do this right or fuck up, he's going to like torture me for all eternity. And so, yeah, I could, I could tell, but yeah, at the time I was like, why does he have notes? I was like, it yeah. feels really weird. Like what's his angle. Yeah. What what's, is he about? What's the about? role he's playing in this? Yeah. But then, yeah, it comes out later. He's probably just scared shitless. And I mean, cause he can't handle it at the end. He fucking just ODs and kills, takes himself out. Um, which, I don't know if I, that part hurt. I guess it explains a way, like, how this reincarnated Gemini killer was able to get out. Like, he had to have someone that could, you know, finagle that. Like, so he could get out and kill people. But, um, what about that creepy ass nurse?
1: Yeah, I didn't care for her. I
0: and hate I, her.
1: Yeah, and I know she was trying to play a, a part, which I get but uh i mean even just beyond the way you're supposed to view her i was like she i don't know she just was bugging me
0: yeah yeah i hate the character and the lady like the way she acted it it i don't know maybe it was good for the story but or it they that's what they want you to feel and you don't trust her but the thing is is like she had to have been in on something too because they show her at the very beginning with that other old lady that comes back later in the movie and tries to shear oh, George C. Scott's daughter's head off. Th- those two are spotted at the very beginning, and it shows them kind of like looking weird off to the side, and then that first boy gets killed, and they talk about that, and then very quickly after, the priest gets killed in the confessional box. But that, that main lady, the weird lady at the hospital that fucking george this guy gets pissed off and yells at that's probably my other favorite part too is when he fucking gets pissed like three or four times like when he tells that dude he's like shut your mouth
1: yeah i hated
0: that or when she's like look in the file it's and he's like it is not in the file yeah i love his explosions of rage in this in this (laughs) movie they're so good
1: that's funny. I could not be any further away. <laughs> Those were my least favorite moments. Uh, oh man! But I loved them. But uh, when the when uh, what's the fuck the Gemini Killer sort of hints that he's going to go after his family or whatever, and he goes to call his wife, and the line's busy, and it flashes to yes. the wife answering the phone. Uh, that. That might actually be my favorite part of the entire movie when, mm-hmm. you know, the line's busy and the wife's like, oh, he's going to send a nurse over. And it shows that creepy ass bitch in yes. the back of the cab.
0: Like, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah. And then when she almost gets her to like, Ugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, that part. Cause it's crazy. That part creeped me out. I think the most as a kid and there's no blood, nothing happens in that part. You know, there's no like gratuitous, just the way like the grandma jerks, like grabs her by the ponytail and jerks her head out of the way. Just as those crazy weird looking like cartoony garden shears are like snapping closed. Like,
1: Oh, was it the grandma that pulled her away? For some reason I thought it was the other cop that he brought with him. No, it's the grandma. I did yeah. not notice that. Then, way to go, Grandma! Yep.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, she's the one that brought the carp. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, I like I liked when he gets pissed, and I. But I also there's a couple lines. I'm sure you're probably on the same wavelength. The the Gemini Killer, when he gets super crazy at one point, and then he turns and he's like, "Gracious me, was I raving?" Like, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of like really subtle comedic, like darkly comedic things. And that's one of them that I just, I love that adds even more to that performance. Like those little, the way he can, the emotional range is crazy.
1: Yeah. And it, for, for it being (laughs) such like an over the top character, it didn't come across as okay, dial it in. You know, it, it wasn't like, Jesus Christ, dude, calm down. That's kind of how yeah. I felt with the George C. Scott angry moments. It's like, okay, let's just bring it down to 11, can we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man. Rest in peace, George. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably my highlight is George C. Scott, his performance, and the uh, Brad Dourif's performance are – are awesome. And then the rest of the film, like I, I like this kind of like era, like late eighties, early nineties. I like the setting. It's like in Georgetown, Washington, DC area, mm-hmm. like the Georgetown, like the, Which there's is a, probably there's why like they another included uh Patrick Ewing, right? P Ewing. Yeah. There's a couple other Hoyas. I think it was John Williams. That was the, uh, Georgetown, um, head coach back then. He was up there with just like, you know, like, uh, the John Calipari's and Mike Shusevsky's and Pat Riley's. Like he was like one of those guys. Like he was like one of the top college basket. So, and then like in that, that room uh, or that uh, restaurant, there's a quick cameo. There's Larry King from Larry King live is in that uh, restaurant where they eat at after they go to the movie, a wonderful life. And then they go and they bullshit at that restaurant where they're talking about the case and God and, Larry King's in there. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't notice that. Yeah, they show like going through his table. He's like, he's like, yes, I'll have the salad. Oh wow! Because I
1: remember that. Yeah. It's funny. He's really
0: young. He looks really young in there, in that part.
1: I'm such a dipshit that I remember that exact line because I remember thinking like, he didn't say what kind of dressing he wanted. He didn't say what kind of salad he wanted. (laughs) Who just ends. Who ends an order with like? I'll take the salad. Uh, Is it pasta salad? <laughs> Is it potato salad? So yeah. Oh fuck! Wow, I have problems.
0: <laughs> what if it's just there's just one salad? It's the special, or it's like it's Larry King and he wants the salad. You know, it's yeah. Larry King's salad. Let Good it point. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh another line that i i like what the gemini killer said he says something really fucked up and morbid and then he's like uh it's the smiles that keep us going don't you think <laughs> like dude yeah just were- like punctuated Ugh. yeah and the crying yeah. and like the crazy eyes like yeah he gets punched like in the the blood coming down his nose and it's like he doesn't break at all. It's like perfect. And like he tightens back up, it becomes very intimidating. Some of the shit that they're doing with the voice is, is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I like all that shit is fucking awesome. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I'm like, I'm glad you like this one. Yeah. I feel I'd- like it's a good creepy fucking, but not, it's not heavy handed. It's not ham fisted. Uh, cool no Um, i I
1: think there's a thing about i don't know this might be a really stupid opinion but there's something about books that are turned into movies if it's done well you know they have to rely on a really good story you know i feel like some movies Mm -hmm. are just made to be 90 minutes of entertainment without without a lot of other things to be considered you know but I could have, I would have guessed that this was based on a book if, if I hadn't already known it was sort of at the beginning when it says like based on the book of whatever, just because the story was so solid because books, they have to have a solid story. They can't just rely on, you know, just special effects and big stars and, and whatever. I don't know what I'm exactly <laughs> getting at, but I think, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Chase, don't do that. Um. Oh, side question, too. So, I is that is that it on Exorcist 3? Is there anything else you wanted to share? Um,
1: no, I don't think final so. Final thoughts? No, I don't think so. I would definitely recommend it.
0: Did you watch this one with your old lady or no?
1: No, but... Um I might Do you try think to... this
0: is one she would shy away from, or that you wouldn't even pause it as as something to watch? Or,
1: um, hmm, that's a good question because she will she'll go in phases of not wanting to watch anything scary, and then out of nowhere she'll she'll say like Let's watch something scary tonight." Like a week or two ago, just out of nowhere, she said like We should watch the Black Phone." Which I had already seen, and I was like, "Okay, let's do it." And then she she kind of backtracked a little bit, like, uh, "I don't know if I want to." And then, <laughs> and then we watched it. It was good. And then the next day, she was like, "I had nightmares about." <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, dude, there's a couple creepy scenes in that movie that yeah. are freaky. That fucking one where it's like leaning back or leaning yep. forward, and it's like suspended. Yeah. Yeah. I I
1: liked it just as much on the second watching. But uh yeah, I I think she would enjoy this one because like you were saying it a lot of it is kind of like a procedural like a mystery more than just like a a creepy jump scare mm-hmm. like an Annabelle type, you know, like that type right. of movie. So, right. yeah, I think she would enjoy it and I I I would definitely watch it again.
0: Sweet. Yep. This is, a, this is a solid flick. This is, I, I like it the most out of all the Exorcist films. Yeah. But How many are there? There's a lot, but I think most people, when they think about it, they only think about the first and this this third one. The second one, the Heretic, is like laughed out of town. It's like, it's not even, it's not considered canon, I don't think. And But then they did, you, are you familiar with Stellan Skarsgård? What say that again? Are you familiar with Stellan Skarsgard, the actor? I don't think so. Uh fuck. What would you know him from? Fuck. He's actually well known, but you haven't seen Dick, so he's he from like, like, like Iceland or something? You. He's from Sweden. Oh so. shit. My country mate. He's yep. Uh he was in have you ever seen Ronin with uh Robert De Niro Robert De Niro, no. Sean Bean, John Reno? Dude, that's a fucking good movie. He's in that. Um, I can't think of what else that you would know him from. But anyway, uh, he was in one called like What's his Exorcist- name?
1: Gorpin McShmorgan?
0: McS- <laughs> 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 Just getting over sick, dude. That fucking felt... <clears throat> it hurt, but it was funny. Um, uh Stellan Skarsgård. All right,
1: let's see this guy.
0: His his sons are super probably more famous than him now, but oh, you know what? (laughs) Bill Skarsgård.
1: Funny connection. I don't know who he played in this, but it shows one of his credits as being Chernobyl. Which oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, I actually just watched, and it it's a funny story because our friend Josh a week or two ago was just telling me like, Oh, you've got to watch Chernobyl. It's great. Uh, just rewatched it. Love it. Great. And it reminded me that a year or two ago or no, it's gotta be like three years now. Uh, when, when Jim and I still worked together, there was a gal who came out, uh, a sales gal who worked for like, I can't even remember what, but like a supply company, you know, and she was like a a sales rep, so she was young, cute, and and stupid, and she was there for like <laughs> an hour and a half, and uh, I don't know, eighty six and a half minutes of the time she was there, she would not shut the fuck up about Chernobyl and how great the show was.
0: Oh my and, god! And
1: I I kept trying to like steer it back to like I have shit to do, you know can you just try to like, tell me what you're trying to sell me and we can go from there. And she just kept going on and on. And uh, it was, it was so funny because then when she left, I was like, okay, well send me quotes for the prices you're telling me on these products or whatever. Never heard from Mm -hmm. her ever again. (laughs) And so then, you know, fast forward a few years, our buddy Josh is telling me about Chernobyl. I'm like, Oh shit. I forgot that, that idiot girl would not stop talking about it. And so I just watched it like this last week and it is so fucking good. Have you seen it? No. Dude, it's only 5 episodes, they're like an hour each.
0: I don't yeah. want to
1: I don't want to oversell it cuz I know that sucks.
0: It's really good. I've heard it I've heard it oversold or sold like crazy. I don't doubt it. It's just uh I don't know if I want to get that depressed. I have to be in a special kind of uh, blue Monday to want to watch something like that. Um, it's not. So the first episode,
1: me and the missus watched together and she mm-hmm. kind of, she kind of tapped out. Like, I think this is a ULO alone type of show, which is fine, <laughs> but it gets so much better after the first one. I okay. would, I would highly recommend it, but I don't want to oversell it. So if you can reconcile those two things, but yeah, um, so blorpity blorp is from Chernobyl. I don't even recognize
0: who he was it's in that from, movie. It's from Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, I'll see. Uh, yeah, he anyway. He was in a. Uh, I think it was a prequel. I think it was called Exorcist Dominion. That was like two thousand two. I think in the past fifteen years they've done two or three. Oh, shit! Other I, movies. I think I just got to say like it real quick. Exodus
1: the guy he plays in Chernobyl is like one of my favorite guys in that show.
0: Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a he's an awesome fucking actor. He's a badass. Yeah, he's great. His his son is Bill Skarsgård who plays the new Pennywise. Oh and shit. It,
1: okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: he's been in a couple other things. Uh and then his other son is Alexander Skarsgård who dude, have you seen The Northman? No. Dude, that just came out I think last year, directed by um, uh, Robert Eggers. That, the Northman guy with uh, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, uh, a couple other folks. Anyway, Alexander Skarsgård's in that. He plays the, the main role. The Northman's fucking badass, and it's all Scandinavian and Nordic and shit. It's right up your alley. It's fucking awesome. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's his other son, so... Um, yeah, I haven't seen any, any, anything beyond exorcist three, but I, I heard they, they did a show, I think a couple years ago that people are pissed got canceled. I think they did one or two seasons and a lot of people liked it. Um, I watched a couple episodes and they were pretty creepy, but I didn't, I didn't stay up with the show, but, um, okay. Well, I think, yeah, that's, that's it for, to wrap up exorcist. Um. Feel like there was something else I was gonna ask you, but I forgot. Rats. Um. Oh yeah. Just a quick. I didn't. I don't have a colloquial corner or anything else, but um, one that I enjoy that you've used pretty sparingly, I think, to great effect is where did you get the uh "put my balls to the bandsaw" saying? Where did you get that from? Uh, I don't know. I don't even remember, like, I know the
1: expression, but I don't even remember using it, but...
0: Yeah, you used it a couple times when we worked together. You used it very sparingly to, like, it was great effect each time it was used. It was like, so- someone's, like, just fucking giving you shit and, like, you know, running you through the ringer. She was putting my balls through the bandsaw.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I think about that expression meaning, like... <laughs> Like a, like a torture device meant to elicit information. Like somebody's got you strapped to a table and they've got a, like a bandsaw and it's like, you better fucking talk or, you know, you better do this thing or, (laughs) I mean, because in a, in the previous job, which you also had, it was like, Hey, you better do this or you're fucked. You know, it's like, okay, well you're not really giving me a choice, but you're, Yeah, you're making it seem like I have a choice, but it's like, uh, I can do this or get my fucking balls chopped in half, so that's not really a choice, I guess. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. All righty. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it uh, for this episode. Uh, if you guys have any questions for us or you want to reach out, uh, about anything, you can reach us at, uh, wax at waxing or you can reach us on one of our socials. Uh, Instagram is waxing the porpoise and Twitter is at waxing the porp. Um, let's see, uh, just a quick plug for me. I'm going to be, uh, guest hosting on uh monday the what monday the 10th covering donnie darko with the uh a cut above horror review folks uh they release i think same day or like the next day so they they record and they just kick it out immediately so nice um that'll be out on like tuesday the 11th but um yeah i'm looking forward to that i haven't even thought about um Donnie Darko in a long time so that'll be a fun one to to revisit um, why are you wearing that human suit
1: yeah <laughs> uh, go back to you, China bitch
0: <laughs> didn't your dad like Oh yeah. your mom god he's such a piece of shit <laughs> like waste of space in that movie um <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so the next, uh, our next episode, uh, we're gonna. It looks like we're gonna have Chris back. I need to double confirm, but uh, I I think, uh, I think he did the other day, but uh, I'll double check. So that'll be uh, next. We'll shoot for next Saturday to record. We're going to be covering Phantasm Two, and Chris from Channel Eighty Three will be joining us again. That's going to be a really fun one. Uh, I guarantee. You'll have way more fun uh, with that, Steve, uh, than you did with Versus. I'll bet God. you my bottom dollar.
1: That was such a fucking bad movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> In so- hindsight, yeah, it's like I probably wouldn't have picked that, but I got the idea to have Chris on, and with his knowledge base, I thought that it might be an ideal. And I thought I still think it was a fun episode. It was good to talk about yeah, but it was yeah, fun. like it was fun. It is a shit movie um but phantasm Two is like I think it hits at least on paper it hits all the the boxes I think that and there's one character in particular that uh, I think you're really gonna like too. uh i'll stop myself from spoiler spoiling anything but uh yeah phantasm 2 unfortunately it's not available anywhere on streaming right now which is booty but uh there's multiple options for rent um so if you haven't seen phantasm 2 i highly recommend it and check us out uh, next week when we talk about it and uh thanks for joining us as always and take care